0: Aleph Twenty One. We are going to complete the second perek and begin the third perek of the masachet. Uh, the last Mishnah mentioned that uh, general rule, anything which uh, one is allowed to do during the day, you can perform it all day long. We came to this because Megillah is one example. Uh, the mitzvah, during the day, applies all day you In the morning, you read it in the afternoon. And we saw a whole list of lots of other things that follow the same rule. Now, this there are exceptions to this. For example, korban Pesach must be slaughtered and prepared in the afternoon because there specifically says ben ha'arbaim. Uh, but, uh, uh, so anything that it says uh, uh, otherwise, like uh, korban tamid of shacharit has to be done in the morning. Okay, but otherwise, Anything that can be done during the day can be done all day. And now we're wondering, why are you telling, you brought a whole list of examples and then you said, and this is a general rule. All I need is the, is the examples and then I, I don't need the general rule. I can figure out the rule on my own. So usually when the Mishnah adds a general rule, the Gemara assumes that it's coming to include something else that isn't even on the list. So this is coming to include the arrangement of the vessels of frankincense and the removal of them. Uh, so every, uh, every Shabbat, the Kohanim would bring 12 loaves, Lechem apanim, and put them on the Shulchan in the, in the Kodesh. And they would stay there the entire week. And the next Shabbat, they would remove the old ones and put in the new ones. Together with the Lechem apanim, also there was a bowl of frankincense. Uh, that together with them. And so this is uh, saying that it, it, th- there's one opinion that says you, you move them right away. As you take out the old one, the new one is coming in, in already from the other side. So there isn't even one minute that doesn't have the lechem panim and the frankincense on it. However, there's another opinion that says, no, you can remove it. And then sometime later, then bring the new one. And that's the opinion that we are. Emphasizing, and he says, if you remove the old and the old frankincense in the morning, and then you went and took time you're preparing everything, and you brought in the new one in the afternoon, there's no problem with that. The point is, this is an example of something that is during the day, you can do any time during the day. Okay. And when the Pasuk says that uh should be there before Hashem continuously, Tamid all the time. So how does he fulfill this Pasuk? And he says so that there won't be one day that there doesn't that there isn't bread on the Shulchan. So there can't be an entire day. But if there are a few hours doesn't have it that's okay. You're in the process. You're in the middle of changing it. So that's permitted. And that's another example that the Mishnah didn't mention, but is included in the general rule that anything you can do during the day, you can do all day. Similarly, we have another rule. Anything that can be done at night can be done all night. For example, burning the fats and the limbs of the korbanot that wasn't, weren't burned during the day. Of course, they can be burned during the day. Um, but they take a long time, so they can be done all night. This comes to include the eating of Korban Pesach. I know I said before that the preparation of Korban Pesach has to be on the 14th in the afternoon, but then the eating has to be at night, and it can be done all night. You can eat the Korban Pesach. This is the the majority opinion, and it rejects the minority opinion of the Korban Pesach hazeh afkan he found that the word laila hazeh appears in two different contexts one is regarding eating the meat of the korban pesach is done this night the 15th at night and another pasuk says Hashem will pass uh, through Mitzrayim on this night and save Bnei Yisrael. So, and when are we saved? We're saved at Chatzot, in the middle of the night. Balayilazem means in the essence, the middle of the night. And so, so therefore, we should be eating Kabbalat Pesach from the beginning of night un- until Chatzot, until midnight. And so that way, we're for, we're uh, making a greater connection between the precise time of the of the Geulah and the evening of the Kabbalat Pesach. And therefore, um, there are some people that try to finish the seder before chatzot, even today, Um, but uh, technically a halacha would be like the Tanakama that you can eat it the entire night, and that is another example of this rule. That's why it has the rule besides the examples. So we completed the uh, second perek regarding reading the Megillah out of order. And now we begin the third pedic, which is going to be uh, more general about not only reading Migilat Esed, but also laws of reading the Torah all year long. When you're reading Migilat instead, you can read it standing or sitting. Uh, if you notice nowadays, usually the Baal Koreh is standing in the Bet Knesset, right? That's the usual custom. And in fact, Rambam says he should be standing. And when it says standing or sitting, that's only if you're reading it privately. If you're reading it on, you know, in, uh, just uh, for yourself or for your family at home, then you can be sitting. But in public, Rambam says you should read it standing. But Avad, you can read it stand. If you read it standing, if you read it sitting, that's okay. We're going to, the Gemara is going to compare this to Torah, which for which this is not true. If one per- person reads Megillah, or two people read it, they fulfill their obligation. Now, this could mean uh, two different people, like one reading the first Pedic, one reading the second Pedic, another person reading the third pedic. Um, That happens to be also true that diff- more, more than one person can read Migilat instead. But then the context and the way the Gemara understands this, you'll see, is that it's talking about two people reading simultaneously. Why would they do that? Maybe they want to make a chorus, uh, that way they can read aloud louder, maybe there's a lot of people there. And so one person or two people, the Gemara will say even more people can read, all at the same time. And anyone listening to that fulfills their obligation. If you're in a place where the custom is to say a as well, like minute, I will explain this because we're talking about the, the beracha after after, at the end of the Megillah, then say the beracha. But some places have a custom not to say a beracha. So then don't say a beracha. Beracha is optional. Different um, communities uh, practice different things. And that's all Megillah Tester. On Monday and Thursday and Shabbat during Mincha, we read three Aliyot. Uh, we read uh, Torah every three days, right? Just like a person cannot live without water for three days. So too, for our spiritual sustenance, we need to be learning Torah, at least hearing Torah, at least once every three days on a communal level. So if you're doing that for me, you're good. But nevertheless, the whole community we want to hear. So this is a, um, this is an ancient Takana. And when we read, we, um, uh, we read three aliyot, not less and not more. Why not less? The Gemara will say, why three? Not more because it's the middle of the week. It's a work day. And we can't have Torah Sibur. People have to you know, have, have things to do. Uh, they have to go learn. Shabbat Mincha also, they're going and they're going to Shurim and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're learning Torah. So we keep it to a minimum. We can, you're not allowed to add three. Even if you have a Bar Mitzvah or something and you want to invite all the uncles and grandparents, sorry, only three Aliyot. And on a weekday reading and Shabbat mincha, we don't say, we don't do haftarah. Same reason. We don't want to keep people there too long. The berachot of, of, uh, of Torah, not like we do today. The person who gets Rishon would say the opening berachah. Uh, he would read his aliyah. The second person, Levi, would come. He would read his aliyah without any berachot before or after. And they wouldn't talk. And then Israel would say his would recite his Aliyah, and then he would say the closing beracha. Asher natan haTorah. Oh, so that's the way it was done then. And the rabbis changed it since then to that uh, what we do today. Every Oleh says an opening and a closing. Gemara will discuss why. Okay, good. Bedash shel moed Korin Arba and chol moed we read four Aliyot and pochatin mahen vein not less. Um, so this is more, it's, it's a more important day. So you want to mark the fact that it's not just a regular weekday by adding one aliyah. Nevertheless, on these days, you can add because people are still, they have Rosh but they still have things to do. They're still busy. And so we can't keep them in Beit Knesset for too long. And so we also do not have haftarah. But same thing. Even though there's four aliyot, maybe you think that uh, we should add a beracha somewhere in between. Uh, Never. No, no, it's one. The opening Kohen says uh, opening beracha, and uh, and the Mashlim says the closing beracha. This applies to the previous paragraph. Any day that has Musaf, like Rosh Chodesh and Holamoed. And even though it's not Yom Tov, that's both cases, uh, you read four. Be Yom Tov. Now, next paragraph. Be Yom Tov Chamisha. On Yom Tov, that's more special than Cholom Ed. so read five. Yom Kippur, Shisha. Yom Kippur is even more special than that, uh, so we mark that status by adding another LES 6. And Shabbat, Shiva, Shabbat is the highest level of Kedusha, and we have seven aliyot, which makes sense for Shabbat, the seventh day. And pochatin mehen, aval Mosifina Lehim. regarding all these cases, Yom Tov, you have to read five, you can't read less than five, but you can add more, because it's Yom Tov or Shabbat, Kippur, no one's going anywhere, so we want to add more honors, you can do that, there's no limit. Um, well, the limit is still Torah Sibur. You don't want to keep them there all day. and we say a Why do we say a The simple reason is, uh, is because we want to learn some Navi also, right? Torah is the most important, but we don't want to neglect the Navi altogether. So we read some section of Navi that uh, is related to the, to the Torah, and uh, that way we get to learn some Navi also. There is another, uh, Abu D'adham says, there was once a time persecution and they couldn't learn Torah. So they learned Navi instead and they, uh, prosecute, the persecutors said, oh, it's just Navi. And they said, fine. Um, but that's probably not historical. Historically, wanted to learn some Torah, some Navi. And what about Kituvim? Well, in the rabbis did uh, Asha, typically he would open up with a pasuk from Kituvim. Like from Mishlei or Mishlei, and that way the Rabbis derasha incorporated the Ketuvim. Uh, this is from old midrash Agada. You can go look at them, and they always open, almost always open, with the pasuk from Ketuvim, and that way it connects all connects all together. Torah, the and Ketuvim, all on the same theme. So that's why we say Haftarah on these days. And even in this case, when you have seven or more, maybe you're going to add more Aliyot. Maybe you have 20 aliyot, and nevertheless, only the first one says the opening barakah, and the last aliyah says the closing barakah, because it's all one reading. We're reading the whole, the whole parasha all together, and so we there's one barakah before and one barakah after. All right, that's the Mishnah. Let's analyze. Tana, Masha and ken Torah. This is not true regarding the Torah. We're going to see this prata quoted yet again, uh, but right now it's referring to the first clause in the Mishnah, which is that, Migilate said you can read standing or sitting. Not true with the Torah. Torah must be standing. All right. And that's what we do. The Baal Koreh and the person getting the aliyah. It used to be in the olden days, the person getting out would read their own. Okay. Nowadays, not everybody knows how to read. So you have the Baal Koreh, then the person getting out, They're, they are standing. Um, in some communities, the whole kahal stands for the whole uh, reading of the Sefer Torah. In other places, that's hard to do. So we don't. Okay, so what's the source that when we read Torah, we should stand? This is in the beginning of Devarim, when Moshe is recalling how when they got the, the received the Torah the first time. And uh, then the people said, Moshe, we can't listen to you. We can't listen to Hashem directly. You be an intermediary. And so then, uh, uh, then Hashem says to, to Moshe, um, You stand, Moshe, stand with me, and I will tell you all the commandments, and then you will go and be the intermediary and tell them to B'nai Israel. So since Hashem tells Moshe, You stand with me, so Moshe is told to stand while Hashem is teaching him the Torah, and therefore. This is an amazing law. When we read the Torah in public, we are recreating uh, Ma'amad Har Sinai. And right, we should imagine as if the person reading the Torah is, is um, as reenacting the receiving of the Torah, hearing the Torah, those words from Hashem's mouth directly. And if Hashem was speaking to you and teaching you the Torah, surely out of honor, you would stand. And therefore, like Moshe, we also stand. Beautiful. And Rabbi Abou says, if not that the Torah says it, the Pasuk says it, we could not have said it ourselves, but it's as if to say, even HaKadosh Baruch Hu was standing, since it says, you Moshe, stand here with me. So that means when you stand stand with me, means I'm also standing, we're standing together. And so Hashem also, If you could say such a thing, uh, out of the respect of the Torah was also standing. It's not literal, but this is a way of expressing the great um, holiness and reverence that both teacher and student, both Hashem and Moshe, had for the Torah that they were were teaching and learning, and therefore the same reverence that we should feel as well. Same same sage adds another law. This applies not only when you're reading Torah and Beit Knesset officially, even anytime you have a teacher, the teacher should not be sitting on a couch and the students sitting on the floor, um, but rather, they should be the same, they should be on the same level. And uh, we should not uh, degrade uh, the Torah learning by the students, by them being lower down, if Hashem could have Moshe on the same level, and so too teachers and students Should be on the same level, and if they everybody sits on the floor, that's fine. Or all sit on chairs, that's also fine. Or all standing, as we'll see. From the time of Moshe Rabbeinu until rabban Gamliel, um, at the you know at at the end of the Beit Hamikdash, uh, they would not learn Torah except for standing. They would always everybody would always learn Torah standing. Once he died, then weakness came into the world, and uh, it's too hard for us to stand the whole time. Um, now some people like standing desks, right? They feel more energized. So, um, uh, so right, you get, you get. Uh, uh, but it's, it's hard. It's hard to concentrate standing for long periods of time, and so therefore now we're weak, so we sit. And that's what we say in Mishnah Sota when Abangam Liel died, the honor of the Torah ceased, right? Because it was more honorable to stand. And so I guess this is a good law if you could, if you could try to stand while we're learning at least some of the time. And then that uh, that's, shows even more honor. Okay, but now we have a contradiction. Uh, uh, we have two Pesukim. One Pesuk says um, that I sat on the mountain. <laughs> this is referring to when Moshe went up to get the first set of Luchot. He sat on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, literally sat. Okay, it really means he, he remained on the mountain, as we'll see. And the second pasuk in the next pedic, this was, that was 9-9, pasuk in Devarim ten ten says, I was standing on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. That's referring to the second luchot, when he went back up to get them. So we have a contradiction. I guess a, an easy answer would be, the first set of luchot, he was sitting. The second set of luchot, maybe he was standing. But nobody says that answer. Okay, why should it be different? He's receiving the luchot again, the same holiness, so how do we explain this? There's going to be four answers. Amadav, omed velomed, He was both standing and sitting. He was standing when he learned it and then he was sitting when he was reviewing it. Even Moshe Rabenu has to review had to review his Torah. It's very important, right? Especially for Daf Yomi, right? The most important thing is to review it and uh, you remember so much more, even just a few minutes of review. So when he's standing before Hashem, then he's he's learning directly from Hashem, he's standing out of honor. Afterwards, you just want to uh, uh, kind of memorize it and get it straight. So then he sits. He wasn't standing or sitting, but rather he was bowing the whole time. So bowing is... uh, it's somewhere in between standing and sitting. And that's why one Pasuk is standing, one Pasuk is sitting, out of deference and reverence to Hashem, he was bowing. Rabbi Yochanan says, what's the, the Pashat of the Pasuk? That uh, sitting the, only means remaining. That's all. He means he, he remained on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, just like when they encamped in Kadesh for many, for a long time, doesn't mean that everybody was sitting the whole time that they were in Kadesh. They were standing up, walking around, lying down. It means that they remained in that place. <laughs> says When they were learning easy material, they would stand. When it was difficult material, and they really had to concentrate. So then you have to sit down when you're, you know, when you have to learn something really serious and, uh, and you got to concentrate better. Okay, so actually this is uh this makes it into later sources also. If you uh, if you're learning something very deep, then okay, sit down, but otherwise stand up. Okay, echad shenayim yasu. Now the Mishnah next says um if one person or two people read the Megillah simultaneously, it's okay, they fulfill their obligation. Tana Mashen ken We have the same that we quoted before. This is not true for Torah. Torah, you have to have one person only read the Torah. You can have many people read different aliyot, which we uh, always do, um, but only one person should be reading at a time, two people reading. You can't hear it, you can't distinguish their voices. It's hard to concentrate on two voices at the same time. And Torah, which is the most important thing we have to listen to and make sure it's all a lot of laws and right things that are essential to know, we got to get every word clearly, Whereas Mikra Megillah, we'll see why you can read it with two. Tenor Now we have that's going to list all the things and all the laws. But Torah, echad korev, When it comes to Torah, chamishachum she Torah, one person has to be reading, and he has someone standing next to him, a mittergem, a translator, who would translate each pasuk into Aramaic. Uh, nowadays, the Yemenite community still does that. We do that when someone, uh, after someone gets married, uh, we 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 read one paragraph. Uh, and someone translates it into Aramaic. And in this case, the Aramaic is also important because a lot of people don't understand the Hebrew, um, but understand the Aramaic in those days. And also the Aramaic explains further, adds more uh, commentary explanation. And everybody has to understand it precisely. Therefore, only one person can read it at a time. And you cannot have one person read the Torah and two people read the Targum. Even Targum is that important. When it comes to the Haftarah, one person should read the Haftarah because you have to fulfill your mitzvah of listening to Haftarah not everybody had books in front of them, but the Haftarah also, they would have a, an Aramaic translator. But that the translation of Haftarah is not so important. And so, if one of two people saying the translation simultaneously with Haftarah, these are stories and things, they're not laws. And so, they want to say it louder or in a nicer way, they want to like sing it like a chorus, that's permitted. What you cannot do with Renavi is have two people read the pesukim and two people translate. You have to have only one person read the pasuk because the pasuk that is a an official mitzvah to listen to it. However, regarding Halel, when we're singing Hallel, sometimes you can also want have a chorus singing Hallel. Uh, we had that in the, in the, the Spanish Portuguese synagogue. We had a, for some of the sections the the uh, the whole chorus singing it, and they would be like the 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 chazanim, and we listen to it. That's fine. And Migila also, if you want to have two people, ten, even ten people reading simultaneously, and that would be very beautiful and nice and loud. That's okay. And you can also have multiple people translating it, which is interesting, they would have translation even of Megillah tested. And now the question is why? Because these are beloved. Uh, Halel, everybody loves saying halal The story of the Megillah, it's a great story. Everybody loves it. They're paying attention to it uh, intently. So even if there's 10 people, since people are paying close attention because it's beloved, therefore they will listen. Whereas when it's more difficult, uh, you know, laws or uh, uh, um, uh, prophecies from the Navi, he, in that case, uh, they are uh, more important, but in a way less fun. And so therefore, only one person can read it so that uh, you'll hear it clearly, even, uh, with, even if you don't have that extra incentive of, of it being beloved. Okay. Really interesting there. And now we get to the next uh, part of the Mishnah. Some places have a custom to say a barakah, uh for the Megillah and some not. We're talking about the baracha after reading the Megillah. But beforehand, like any Mitzvah, you always say a mitzvah um before you start doing it. And so everyone has a custom to read, uh, to say some berachot beforehand. Regarding all mitzvot, one should say recite a berachah before you do it, so that you say, um, And then you put on the sissit and you do it beforehand. And that's the general rule for all of them. Um, okay, good. So therefore, any place I was going to say that mitzvah before. Now a tangent. When you say this, uh, what Rabbi Shmuel said here, the barakah should be before the doing. When it's Before, it doesn't say the usual word, kodem, but over, like passing. Where do we see that the word over means before? And we'll have three pesukim that prove it. Amar of Nachman Amar when um, uh, uh, David David Amelech's son uh, uh, died uh, in in battle, he was he made a, uh, a rebellion of Shalom. And so then there was two people that were running to tell David the news. They thought they were telling him good news because the rebellion was squashed. On the other hand, he was also very depressed because his son was killed. So Ahimat wanted to go and tell the news first. and so he ran and passed the Kushi. Uh, this other person who was also a fast runner, Bahimas was faster. So when he says he passed and he got there first, says the word So therefore Ba'avor means to come first. This is when uh, Yaakov is going to meet Esav. Esav has, has 400 uh, soldiers. And so Yaakov uh, wanted to protect his family. So he put his family behind. And Yaakov he went in front of them. So, and he uses the word Avar, and therefore you see another place where Avar means to go first, to be in front of. Or pasuk from Michal, that's talking about in the times of Mashiach, their king will come in front, in front of them, and Hashem all the way in front. So by here it means to pass, but it means to pass in front of, to be first in the line. Uh, when when Mashiach comes, all right. So that's how we know that. By avod la siatan means you say the baracha before doing it. What exactly should we say as a baracha before we read Mikra Megillah? Dav Sheshat Mikat Razia. That's a place where he was from. He was once uh, reciting in front of Rav Ashi. manach. This is a numanic. It stands for, the mem is, Al Mikra megillah. Uh, right? That's Berkat HaMitzvah, SheKadosham HaMasavah Al Mikra megillah. Second, the nun is, Nisim, Al Nisim. And this last one, Shechiyana V'Kiyamanu. So all three berachot, uh, when we read um, at night. L'achareha, And what do we, what berachah do we say after we read the megillah? Baruch Hashem, Harav Et We're thinking of Hashem for, uh, pleading our causes, judging our claims, avenging our vengeance, punishing our enemies, and giving retribution to our enemies, and so we blush Hashem for exacting punishment on all of our enemies, right? And that's the, that's one of the theme uh, a theme of Migilat Esther. so that's how we close it, so kind of Berkat Ravah Ela Rava disagrees and says we should end it um, by, uh, in a more positive way, that we thank Hashem for redeeming us, for, for saving us, right? I mean, what's the really, what's the key thing? Is it that the enemies are destroyed or that we are saved? So one's em- 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 emphasizing the negative, the other the positive way of saying it. Ravah says you both have a good point, so why not say both? Thank you, Hashem, for exacting punishment on our enemies and for bringing us salvation. And that's exactly what we do. Okay, now, Monday and Thursday, we read three aliyot. Why? Corresponding to whom? We'll see a few opinions. We are three aliyot. Corresponding to Torah, Levim, and even though all three are are from the Torah, right? Nevertheless, even though while reading the Torah, we are thinking about the other sections of Tanakh as well. We want to think about that the fact that the Torah was given to and includes all of B'nai Israel, all three different groups, and that makes a lot of sense because we do, in fact, send up a Kohen Levi in Israel, so that makes sense. Uh, okay, good. So now we have those answers, but we want to know another thing. Whenever we read the Torah, no matter how many Eliot we're reading, we should never read less than 10 pesukim, never less than 10. There is one exception, which is that uh, actually on Purim itself, on Purim day, we read Shemot 17, uh, the story of the fighting Amalek, and that whole paragraph is only nine pesukim. And so, based on Tamudi uh, this is an exception. Since the whole paragraph is nine pasukim, and that's, that has a beginning and an end, so we're reading a whole uh, uh, a whole story so we could read only nine, and we repeat the last pasuk so that we end up reading ten, even though it's only nine. But otherwise, you have to read at least ten. How do we know that? haminyan, and he's just adding one more thing that when it says, you might think, ah, oh, that's a short pasuk, it doesn't really count. It doesn't say. It doesn't uh, say anything. No, that counts also. In a way, that's the most important pasuk, right? That the fact that these words were said by Hashem to Moshe. So, short pasuk also counts. Why do we read at least ten pasukim? Amar Uh, It's corresponding to the 10 unoccupied people that are in bed Knesset, right? That uh, they stay there all day. Anytime someone needs a minyan, they need to say Kaddish. uh, So the 10 people will be there. Either they're uh, unemployed people or the better explanation we we saw uh, a little while back is that they are 10 people that service the community. They are judges and teachers and uh, take care of the sedaka, And so like we we are thinking about and honoring each of them, one pasuk for each of the of these uh, people that hang out in the Betkin sit. Yosef, we want to think about the Ten Commandments, which is also nice. The Ten Commandments is the main uh, revelation at Hal Sinai, the first revelation. So no matter what parasha we're reading, we want to also think about how in a way, the whole Torah is an expansion upon the Ten Commandments. Uh, if you look in the last uh, few Mizmorim, the says the word hallelujah ten times. So, the, uh, in a way, the whole Torah is, is a kind of praise of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and so therefore, ten corresponding to ten. Rabbi Ochanan says, the world was created with 10 utterances. And so we read 10 Pesukim like the 10 utterances. Now, what are they? Heninhu, Vayomer What are you talking about? You're looking at every time it says Vayomer in the, in the first chapter of, of Bereshit. There's only nine there. Okay, we did this once before. We could look at the chart, right? You'll notice that every day has a main Vayomer in which Hashem creates something, right? So you have one, two, three. On the third day, there are two creations. So that's two, right? And then day four or five, and six also has two. So really, you have eight ayomes in regard to creation. Uh, it's not clear how you get 10. Uh, there are another couple of ayomes here in the Blessing, uh, that Hashem gives to Adam and tells him. Piru vu. So if you count each of these, you get 10. Maybe that's what it's doing. Um, but the Gemara here is not doing that. It's saying if you count all of them, you get nine. So maybe it's counting, including these as one, because they're all one statement that Hashem is telling uh, is telling them. So now the problem is, for we only have nine. So how did you, you get 10? And we're going to answer it. The word Bidashit itself is counted as one. pasuk says, By the word of Hashem, the heavens were made. So therefore, when it says, So he created the heavens and, and the earth. Reading that pasuk not as a heading or a title, but as an actual thing that Hashem did. So then he he said, he must have said that the, the heavens and earth should be created. Because... This pasuk says Hashem created with words, and therefore Bereshit is implying that there was yet another uh, another word, and that's how we get ten. Anyway, that's why we say ten pesukim. <speaking> now, if you have ten pesukim altogether and split them into three aliyot, you're going to see that two aliyot have three pesukim each, three three. One aliyah is going to have four pesukim. Right now, who gets the extra pasuk? Okay, that's, that's uh, this is a good question. So Rav says, if the first aliyah, Kohen, gets a four, then he gets a, it's praiseworthy to him. If the second one gets four, it's praiseworthy to him. If the third aliyah gets, gets the fourth extra pasuk, then he is praiseworthy. And wherever it is, there's a good reason to put it in that place. He'll explain Rishon shekal al baamishu bartit nand beshosh kupoche shalosh tein shevahen tormin etalishka vekadu balehen ada pet givol leda ezo mehen itremar rishon la kri menna rishon she ba rishon. Okay, back in shekalim, we so we read in the Mishnah that there were three baskets uh, in which they would collect the machasita shekel and they would take these baskets and go and spend it on korbanot korban zibor so that all the all the half shekels that everybody donated would be all collected together and, and uh, go towards the communal sacrifices. They had three baskets, and they would write on them Aleph, Bet, Gimel, because they want to use them in order. Whatever was collected first in the uh, basket with Aleph, that has to be used, spent first, um, because, and it ends Mitzvah Barishon. There's an extra special Mitzvah to be included in the first basket. We learn from this that the first is the best. And therefore, it's appropriate to give the extra pasuk to the first uh, uh, oleh. But in, a, in another sense, the middle is the best. And how do we know that? What does it mean that when the when um, the Torah is describing the menorah, it says uh, will give light to the front of the right in uh, corresponding to the front of the menorah, they will give light. And then shows that when they lit the menorah, so you have uh, at the top, the, the ones on this on the outer side, on the left side, would be, the, the wick itself would be towards the right so that we're facing the middle. And the wicks on the ones on the right side would be on the left edge so that they'll be facing towards the middle. All of them are facing the middle. The middle itself is facing west. This curtain behind uh, behind us is the curtain to Kodesh Kodesh Kodashim, so that each of the each of the arms is facing the middle, and the middle is facing the Kodesh Kodesh Kodashim itself. So, what do you see from here? That the middle is the best because they're all facing the middle. Good. And therefore, if it turns out that the middle one gets the four Pesukim, then that's praiseworthy for the second Oleh. And if the last one gets four Pesukim, then that's also worthy, uh, praiseworthy and appropriate because we should always go higher and higher in holiness and not lower. And therefore, the last Aliyah is the best. Okay, this is a nice attitude. No matter what you get, right? You can find a way to uh, appreciate uh, uh, appreciate see I'm first, see I'm last, see I'm the middle. Okay, everything's good. Uh, uh papa papa. Went, went to this bet Knesset and he gave the the first ole for pesukim. And the papa said, Oh, what a wonderful thing you did that you gave the first ole." Four pesukim. Okay, good. Now, and mehen mosifin. When we have three or four uh, 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 aliot, we don't take away. We don't. We don't do less than three, and not more than three on a regular weekday, and not more than four on Rosh Chodesh. Tana well, ha'potapoteach me'barach lefaneha ve'choteach me'barach la'achareha. The Brayta says that the first ole says the barakah beforehand, and the last ole. Say, the last reader says the bracha at the end. <coughs> but we don't do that today. Nowadays, every ole says, the says, asher before, asher natan after. Why? Oh, we made a gezerah because nowadays we see people are coming in the middle or leaving in the middle and there's two explanations here. One is that if someone leaves in the middle, they will only have heard the opening beracha, and they won't hear the last beracha, and then they'll assume, oh, no one said the last beracha, or if they leave in the middle, or it could be that, not that they assume that no one did, but they will miss out on the last beracha, all right, or if someone comes late, then they'll miss out on the opening beracha, and so we don't want that. Therefore, between by the way, you're not allowed to leave the bet Knesset in the middle of an aliyah, so you don't have to worry about that, right? Everyone's going to stay till the next aliyah, and then they'll be able to hear a closing beracha. And if they come if they come late, then uh, then they'll hear an opening beracha of the next guy. And therefore, we want to make sure that people coming in and out will have the will say will hear the opening and closing beracha. And that's why till today we say the opening and closing for every aliyah. And for tomorrow, we'll leave the discussion of Rosh Chodesh. How do you get uh, three um, Pesukim for each? And how do you split up the Rosh Chodesh reading? It's a bit of a puzzle. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen